Do you suffer from pain, tenderness, or a clicking in your jaw? Maybe you have pain while chewing, chronic migraines, or other facial discomfort. We have the answer for you. Welcome to the TMJ and Jaw Pain Podcast with Dr. Astrid Cruz-Aguirre. Dr. Guir is a maxillofacial surgeon qualified in both dentistry and medicine and is the head of the Temporomandibular Joint Center. You don't have to live in pain. Listen to today's podcast and learn more about the causes of jaw pain and your treatment options. My name is Asa Cruz Aguya and I warmly greet you to today's podcast episode. I'm repeatedly confronted with beliefs during my consultation hours and I can also find quite a lot of beliefs on the internet about temporomandibular joint disorders and tinnitus. That's why I thought I'd do a series on truths, half-truths and fairy tales about CMD, also called craniomandibular dysfunction, temporomandibular joint and tinnitus. But let's start right away. First point physiotherapy helps with muscle tension. What's the deal with that? Physiotherapy helps to relieve such tension, especially in the masticatory muscles of neck and shoulder area. These tensions are often relieved with trigger point massage or occasionally with dry needling. The release of tension with small, fine needles. Now comes my big but. In my consultation hours, I often hear patients report that although they feel much more better immediately after physiotherapy, but not anymore in long term. Why is this? The reason is that while tension is relieved, so are the symptoms. The cause, however, frequently was not eliminated. Stress or improper strain is often the cause of such tension. If you want to relieve your tension in the long term, you should look for the cause. There are many causes for such excessive hardening and overloading of the masticatory muscles, a sleep disorder, excessive stress, or perhaps an intervention that was a filling of a tooth so that there are perhaps is a one-sided chewing strain and that can lead to one-sided tension. But it can also be an incorrect posture so that the neck and shoulders become tense. You see, there are many reasons. In addition, it is very important to do the exercises at home yourself and to look at the possible courses and how to eliminate them. I recommend doing two or three exercises a day for about six or eight weeks. If physiotherapy is usually conducted once a week, it is clear if the desired long-term improvement will not occur without an independent home program. Let's come to the second belief. A splint helps with temporomandibular joint pain. If you grind your teeth at night, you can protect your teeth. Now comes my big but. Again, however, not all temporomandibular joint problems can be traced back to pure teeth grinding. For example, a joint disc displacement called disc luxation or atrosis can lead to pain in the temporomandibular joint. For this reason, a splint makes no sense for temporomandibular joint disorders. Let's now come to the subject of atrosis. I often hear that there is nothing you can do about it anyway. Of course, you can conduct different forms of therapy in the case of atrosis of the temporomandibular joint. 
just like with all other joints. There is, for example, physiotherapy, osteopathy, joint irrigation, certain injections, smoothing of the joint, up to the temporary joint replacement with a prosthesis. The extent of the therapy depends on the clinical symptoms. I mean not whether someone has clear signs of a chosen x-ray image, but whether the person concerned has pain symptoms and a restriction of the movement of the joint. In principle, all conservative, I mean non-surgical forms of therapy should be used as far as possible, but in advanced cases with clear clinical findings such as non-responsive to conservative therapies and persistent pain and restricted movement, a surgical approach makes sense. In this context, I often heard the statement that prostheses are only available for large joints. This is also not a correct statement. They are very good TMJ prostheses. However, these are used very rarely and only in exceptional cases such as a very advanced form of atrosis or tumors. We always try to keep the joint as much as possible. Botox is only for wrinkles. I also read and hear that often. Of course, botulinum toxin is very often used to treat wrinkles. But it comes from the medical therapy area and was first used to treat strabism around the eye muscles. We use this in the jaw joint area, especially in the case of very pronounced tension in the masticatory muscles. If you're interested in this, I can recommend our separate episode on botulinum toxin in the masticatory muscle area. Now we come to the next statement. Hypnosis does not work for me. We know that about 90% of the population responds to hypnosis, but hypnosis does not work for 10%. In another podcast episode, we already discussed the treatment options of, of hypnosis for tinnitus and hardly any muscle tension, and I can highly recommend this form of therapy. Chewing gum is good for the masticatory muscles. Of course, chewing gum is definitely not good for the masticatory muscles because it promotes tension around the masticatory muscles. It is like doing bodybuilding for a wrong muscle, so please don't chew gum. Is the clicking sound in the joint bad? A clicking of the TMJ with a normal mouth opening is usually harmless. We know that about 30% of the population suffers from clicking in the TMJ. This clicking is often due to an instability of the joint disc. I mean the joint disc jumps into the correct position over the head when the mouth is opening and usually jumps back again when the mouth is closing. It is usually not possible to do something against the pure jaw joint clicking and it is not an indication that surgery is needed. Even splint therapy makes no sense with a painless clicking. I have tinnitus from my jaw joint. This is also a common statement. I know that those of you who have tinnitus, which is a permanent ringing in the ear, often suffer greatly from it and understandably, many are looking for a cause of the ringing in the ear. However, the TMJ is often not to blame for the ringing in the ear. 
However, what I often notice in practice is that patients who suffer from a very strong stress and strain often have tinnitus in addition to hardly any muscle tension and pain when they open their mouths. For, the, for both jaw muscle tension and tinnitus, I recommend stress reduction. I know that many of you might be laughing now and thinking, that's easy to say, and that's not it. At the beginning of our consultation, we used to have a stress questionnaire for all patients who come to see me because of temporomandibular joint disorders. Some time ago, I stopped this questionnaire. Why? Because I have had the experience that every person deals with stress very individually and processes it. Some people have considerable stress but do not find it as stress. And on the other hand, some people hardly have any stress but they show very strong signs of stress. The question is always about positive or negative stress. Some people thrive in their work but also have a lot of stress and perceive the stress, stress as positive stress. In practice, I see the signs of physical stress, especially around the masticatory muscles, when they are very tight or even when I see that some of you bite your cheek or press your tongue tightly against your teeth, so that tooth marks can be seen. For both tinnitus and chewing muscle tension, I recommend that you pay attention to regular compensation. So, don't press, express which expresses not to bite your way through too much. Sports, muscle relaxation, according to Jacobson, yoga relaxation, and much more can be way out. My child grinds his teeth. It's dangerous. This is also a well-known statement that some of you may have read or heard. No, on the contrary, when children grind, it is quite normal, while grinding space is created for the new teeth. So for children, grinding is normal, but adults should always avoid grinding their teeth. A good night's sleep is important to reduce teeth grinding. This is a statement that I fully support. Good sleep hygiene, I mean healthy sleep, is very important to wake up relaxed in the morning and if possible without or at least with less tension. Anyone who drinks coffee, watches intense films, checks emails or smokes shortly before going to bed usually has a hard time falling asleep and sleeping well. We know that people with insomnia often also suffer from bruxism, so I mean grinding their teeth or clenching their teeth. So make sure you get a good night's sleep. All my complaints can be traced back to CMD, that stands for cranium mandible dysfunction. Those of you who already know my podcasts or me know that I don't use the term cranium mandible dysfunction or CMD for short very often. The problem with this term is that it is a collection of many symptoms. Certainly, some symptoms can be traced to a temporomandibular joint pathology. However, one cannot consciously blame all dizziness, I'm exaggerating now, hair loss or skin rash on the poor temporomandibular joint. I have also experienced a few times that the clinical picture was assessed as CMD rather than a classic burnout, so I'm very careful with the term CMD. I have to wear my splint every night. This is also a very common statement that I hear repeatedly. 
I'm happy to refer here to the guidelines of the German Scientific Society, AWMF, which can be downloaded for free. These guidelines are recommendations from a wide variety of disciplines. These recommendations are revised approximately every four years. There's a current guideline recommendation from the specialist societies for bruxism, so I mean grinding your teeth. I'm happy to quote this guideline. The evaluation of literature reviews shows that there are currently no study results from long-term applications that prove the permanent reduction in bruxism activity through splints. This guideline goes on to say that splints can be fitted to protect the teeth during sleep to prevent breakage of the tooth. One possibility would be to wear the splint only on very stressful days and to take a short break from wearing it. You cannot provide surgery on the TMJ. That's a statement I've heard from time to time. Of course, a temporomandibular joint can be treated in the same way as a large joint, such as a hip joint or knee joint. Of course, one should always exhaust all conservative, so I mean non-surgical therapy options whenever possible. As already mentioned, there is, as with the large joints, the complete spectrum of surgical procedures ranging from joint irrigation to complete joint replacement, the jaw joint prosthesis. You can compare this very nicely with the knee joint. There's also a range of different forms of treatment. An orthopedist would not even think of prescribing shoe inserts for all diseases of the knee joint. It is important to make a recommendation for surgery as careful as possible. I find it bad, however, that there are still reports that nothing can be done about the temporomandibular joint, and such statements always annoy me a little. On the other hand, I also hear patients who report that they are very happy that they are finally pain-free and regret that the procedure was not performed earlier. I hope you were able to receive some valuable information. See you soon. If you have any questions or topic requests, I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on TMJ and jaw pain or to contact Dr. Cruz Aguirre, you can go to our website, www.tmj.clinic. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. Until next time, we wish you the very best and want you to live healthy and pain-free.